Hello everyone, welcome to All the Film Things. I'm your host Elizabeth, and today we are talking about horror films. A little... <laughs> Lena's very excited for this. Lena's my guest today. Hello! <laughs> and uh, this is episode 50 of All the Film Things. Oh wow, you've been turning them out, huh? Well, it feels like I've done double this. Yeah, I bet. It doesn't feel like 50 is enough. I've definitely taken some weeks off, but geez, 50, <laughs> that's crazy. Um, Halloween is coming up, so happy early Halloween. Yay! <laughs> As a fan of horror films, is Halloween your favorite holiday? It's one of my favorites, to be honest. I get so excited and spend so much money on like spooky things. I'm just a sucker for all like the seasonal Halloween decorations, and I'll buy things that I don't need. Like I'll just go to Target and buy like all the socks. <laughs> and like Halloween lights and just I bought these like chips that were shaped like ghosts the other day that I don't need but they're just so cute that I can't pass them up. Are they good? They're like veggie chips. They were pretty oh, good. Okay. Yeah, kind of like Pringle consistency. Ooh. Yeah, but I get so excited for Halloween. It's one of my favorites. I also really like Christmas. I just I'm a big fan. But do you like the Nightmare Before Christmas? I do. I haven't seen it in a while. But I was a big fan. I do like how you can watch it on Halloween and you can watch it on Christmas. I feel like that's a great movie for both. Yes. So it's cool. Around Halloween, do you have a tradition in watching a specific horror film? Um, not necessarily. But I do like to watch horror films in general around Halloween. I try to watch some that I haven't seen. But sometimes it's hard. Um... I don't know. I don't think there's any specific one I watch. I feel like Cabin in the Woods is one that is, like, easy to watch because it's... (laughs) (laughs) So a little context here. And I've done the horror film episode before. I am a horror film scaredy cat, and I can only handle maybe five. Uh, Lena, I unexpectedly learned that she is a big horror film fan. I am, yeah. Which I would not have expected knowing her and (laughs) for you to say that's easy to watch i'm just like yeah i would be running away crying scared terrified (laughs) in my mind so go on you were saying easy to watch cabin in the woods (laughs) well because it's like a horror comedy okay (laughs) and it sort of like plays on like the stereotypes of like horror films it's definitely not a traditional horror movie Mm -hmm. um i don't know if you're ever gonna watch it no but (laughs) because <laughs> i don't want to spoil it for you go right ahead you <laughs> well basically these friends plan a trip to a cabin in the woods there is this like which i haven't watched it in a while so i'm thinking i'm thinking basically there are these people that are preventing the end of the world and mm-hmm. so there is this like ritual sacrifice that they have to do to prevent the end of the world there has to be a final girl there can only be like one person that lives which is like the final girl and then everyone else has to die so they sort of like drug them and like make them like fall into the horror tropes where's the comedy aspect in this film (laughs) (laughs) i'm explaining it weirdly though i guess the comedy is like watching them fall into these tropes basically pointing out like this is like a horror film trope like this is funny This this happens like all the time so meta in a way yeah i guess yeah the end is just like crazy because there are like a bunch of different monsters that they could have chosen not like chosen but Mm -hmm. inadvertently chosen to like be attacked by but yeah the ending is very funny and very crazy and basically uh the world ends at the end oh yeah 
So similar to like Dr. Strangelove or something, or I assume you've seen that one or, oh shoot, okay. Uh, have you, no, I'm not even going to go on and see the other one. That's more recent. Um, that kind of also sounds like that uh, Rupert Grint film with Dave Bautista. Oh, I know you're talking about the, uh, about the Apocalypse. Knock at the Cabin. Knock at the Cabin, yeah. yeah. Did you see that one? I've seen some of it. I haven't watched it all the way through, but I do know it's about like the end of the world. Yeah. And they have to, like, sacrifice one of them. Yeah, I am aware of that movie. And I can see, like, the similarities in, like, the apocalypse, like, the end of the world and, like, sacrifice and stuff. But I do feel like that one's far more serious than Cabin in the Woods. Like, Cabin in the Woods is very intentionally silly. I had no idea. It seems like just from the posters and the way people talk about it, it's just this menacing, terrifying thing. But I had no idea the comedy aspect to it and how you're saying it's silly. Like, that's so funny to me. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, like the poster was supposed to be like menacing and like scary. But then you actually watch the movie and then you're like laughing. It is funny. (laughs) I can't imagine. It's, I mean, the comedic elements don't take away from the quality of the movie, I feel like. It's still like a good movie to watch. How would that compare to something like Scream, which does have a comedy element to it? I feel like it's similar but also different because in Scream there actually is a villain. There is a serial killer. In Cabin in the Woods, all of the monsters or everything that's like attacking them is intentionally placed there to kill them by people trying to like prevent the apocalypse. But the Scream franchise, it's good, but I'm not a huge fan of the newer ones. Okay. I went through your letterbox again and I saw which oh ones you rated. <laughs> You rated like two and three. Were those your favorites? Some of the sequels you liked, it seemed. Oh, goodness. It's hard for me to remember because there's so many. Yeah, I think how there's many? Like there's six now? Six, yeah. Gosh. And I've seen all of them. Wow. I do really like the first one. I thought the one with um, Emma Roberts was funny. I think she's in like the third, third or fourth one. One of the ones sort of like between like two and four that was just very forgettable that I barely remember. But I didn't really like the newest one. It was just okay. It was kind of like goofy in a bad way. Okay. I don't know too much about it. I think I've only seen one scene from it. It seems to be popular. I feel like it's nostalgic because one of the characters from one of the older sequels comes back and you assume that they're dead, but they're not. And they've just been working for like the FBI or something. And I was just like, that's very convenient that they've been hiding out this whole time and just like not helping like at all. Yes, they have to figure out a story to work with the real life situation mm-hmm. behind the scenes. And it's funny how that can play out sometimes, whether it be television shows or films, the ways that they will create these stories for their characters and mm-hmm. why they're missing. And there's a lot of that with the Marvel movies explaining why this character wasn't involved in this. And yeah. What are your favorite horror films? Um, I like Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> yes. I do like that one. I also really like Hereditary is pretty good. I actually just watched that one recently. Not for the first time, but I rewatched it. Get Out, that one's really good. <sighs> oh, you didn't like it? Well, here's the thing about Get Out. I was told it is a thriller, not a horror film. Mm. You can handle it, Elizabeth. It's not that bad. It's not so intense. I watch it. And I can't stop crying. It is intense. It is intense. Brutal. And when they kidnap him and he's underground of that house and he's like tied up and everything. That is a terrifying film. But honestly, Daniel Kaluuya, excellent. 
Mm-hmm. Lakeith Stanfield, excellent. excellent. Yeah. There's a similar aspect to being John Malkovich. Fans were talking about it online. Have you seen that film? Mm-mm. That one's good. It's from 1999. Catherine Keener is in both of them. Okay. And it's a similar sort of thing as the, oh, what's it called? When you go into the, the sunken place. The sunken place, yeah. Mm. Something similar to the sunken place is tied to being John Malkovich in a way. Oh. But that film terrified me. You really enjoyed it. I did. I did. I also enjoyed Us, which is another Jordan uh-huh. Peele movie. And I mean, I really did enjoy Nope, but it, that's not really a horror movie, in my opinion. Interesting. Okay. Jordan Peele, I know you said you're an Ari Aster fan as well. Yeah. Um, so... For this newer generation, are they the two directors that are the biggest in terms of horror or the most promising in the future? Um, I would probably, yeah, I would probably say so. I think they do have promising careers ahead of them. I also feel like it's incredibly interesting to like see where horror is going now. I'm not a huge fan of a lot of like modern horror. Like I wasn't a big fan of Smile. I don't know if you've heard of that one. Heard of it. (laughs) <laughs> not seen it yeah i had watched it and then i had watched like a whole analysis on it and it's just i don't know movies like that they don't feel very impactful to me they just kind of feel like i don't know this is just my opinion but i feel like a lot of modern horror movies feel kind of empty interesting i mean a lot of people today there's a debate about cinema versus movies which we talked about at length at my birthday dinner recently and there just seems to be nothing like the older films. And one of my questions was going to be, is there a best or peak era for horror film? Um, ah, that's interesting. That's very interesting. I don't know. I don't know if I can answer that because a lot of the older horror films are like slashers. That was very prevalent in like the 80s. And like now we do still have slashers and stuff, but we have sort of intelligent horror films or horror films that play on like family drama and things like that and hmm, i don't know i don't know if there's a specific era of horror film that is the best definitely probably not the 80s though definitely Definitely not not the 80s okay that's interesting i'm not a huge slasher person well in comparison to like psychological horror more impactful horror films you mentioned more today with horror intertwining with family drama from my understanding of Hereditary, that sounds to be horror and family drama. Yeah. So I've heard that film is intense. It is. It is. It is intense. <laughs> and Tony Collette is excellent. So good. Did that film really terrify you or did it impact you? Honestly, it did. It did kind of scare me a bit. What scared me a lot was there's this part where Tony Collette is sort of like possessed and she is crawling on the ceilings and her son is not like realizing she's there. And then she's like crawling on the ceilings. He finally realizes she's there and he runs away and she kind of like chases him and he's like banging her head on like the attic door. The same night after I watched the movie, I was like looking at my ceiling, like, Tony Collette, don't be on my ceiling, please. <laughs> so that one definitely did scare me a little bit. Yeah. Jump scares always get me. Do you feel like if a film has too many jump scares, that makes for a bad film? You're like, all right, enough with the jump scares. I mean, it definitely makes it scary. It mm-hmm. definitely makes you uncomfortable. But I feel like also it can be a little bit cheap sometimes because it's like a surefire way to get to your audience. And I feel like sometimes, I don't know, like it can be just a little bit cheap because you're not building that suspense. It's just like 
jump scare and then jump scare and then jump scare and it's mm-hmm. there's no like build up. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's less impactful and less satisfying of like a feeling, I guess. Was Hereditary the most recent horror film to come out that really impacted you and terrified you? Mm. Talk to me came out. That one scared oh. me. But I just get scared a lot. Oh really? I do. Yet you love horror. Yes. It's interesting, I know. I think that's part of the appeal, though. It's almost like a thrilling feeling because it, it makes you feel something, you know what I mean? Like, yes. there's a feeling there. And I feel like it's much more satisfying to, like, be scared with another person. It's almost like this feeling of, like, community. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it's nice. We're going through this together. Yes. I'm not by myself terrified. I don't really watch horror films alone anymore. I used to a lot in high school, like, a lot. I don't know how I did it, <laughs> but... I don't watch them too much by myself anymore. Was there a film that made you say, okay, I can't watch these anymore by myself? Um, I think it's more so like being home alone. I would be too paranoid. I would just stay in my room and like not go to my kitchen or not like make myself mm-hmm. food or be scared to like shower because I'm like, oh, someone's going to stab me while I'm in the shower. So, Psycho. Yeah. <laughs> Love a Hitchcock reference. <laughs> um, so... I didn't want to feel like I was going to be attacked at any moment. That's also why I kind of cooled it on like true crime and stuff like that. Because I was really into true crime as well, which is also spooky. I feel like a little more so because it's real. Yes. And so I had to just take a little breather from that stuff because I started to be overwhelmed with like paranoia. Even like going outside by myself, like I still get this feeling. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get kidnapped. And then like, I can't go to the grocery store because they're going to like pull me into a van and you know. So I have that fear too. Yeah. But it's not because of horror. More Taken. Taken terrified me. Oh, really? Yeah. After that, I have to screen every film on IMDb. What's included in the film, if there's something intense. Yeah. Like content warnings. Yes. I make sure of that. But that's interesting. So it kind of compiled up to a point in high school for you where you couldn't take it. It's just the amount of horror films. It wasn't just one that was like, all right, that terrified me. I was just constantly watching horror films. That's like, wow. that would be like the only thing I would watch. Or even like scary shows like American Horror Story. So I kind of stopped watching at 1985 that season. There are a lot of seasons. Yeah. So I watched like all of them up until 1985. And I just had to like stop because my mom would work nights so i would be home alone quite often and then my sister she wasn't like staying with us at the time so i would just be home alone all the time and you know i'm kind of afraid of the dark too was this Um, before or after watching horror films it's just always been that way i feel like yeah like i just never grew out of it i mean i can sleep in the dark now i just prefer not to and i think that's more so if i get up i want to be able to see things instead Mm -hmm. of just like feeling around for things But it was like out of a sense of fear for a long time. But I would just constantly be home alone. And I feel like horror films kind of made me have a more intense fear of like being murdered home alone. (laughs) Yeah. Originally, when you said that you're a big horror fan, I assumed that you're able to watch horror films at night. So are you able to watch horror films at night? I can watch horror films at night. I just usually have to have a palate cleanser after of like some type of comedy or a lighthearted movie. Just because I don't want that to be the last thing I think of before I go to bed. Like, me and Craig had watched Hereditary. And then immediately after, we watched Miguel Wants to Fight, which is, like, a newer comedy. Just because that's not the last thing I want to think of before I go to sleep. Because I don't want to, like, get a nightmare or something. Have you had nightmares around horror films? 
Mainly like crime shows when I was younger. Me and my mom would watch a lot of like Criminal Minds when I was like nine and it would come on at like 9 p.m. So it would be like the last thing I watched before I go to bed and then I would have dreams of like dismembered body parts. Oh jeez. <laughs> and so I just had to like take a break from that as a kid or like severed heads. And so I would just be like, ah, let me just cool it because <laughs> I don't want to dream about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Is horror your favorite genre of film? If you would have asked me that a few years ago, I'd probably say yes, but not currently. Currently, it's probably drama, but at one point, for a long time, it definitely was. Probably from the ages of like 13 to 16. Yeah. What is your favorite kind of horror film? There are so many subgenres there's there psychological, is. slasher, body horror, folk horror, teen horror, supernatural horror. Is there one that comes to mind as like, that is up your alley, that is what I will go to? I think it's not necessarily the subgenre. It's more so, you know, what we had talked about, like the difference between movie and films. I really like horror films that are trying to be films and like you can see the effort there rather than just like movies that are trying to scare you because they can, if that makes sense. Like... Movies that are just trying to be scary because they can be scary are not necessarily something that I'm interested in these days, like I used to be. But movies that are just movies for like shock value are not something that I'm a huge fan of these days. But I like horror movies that are sort of smart about it. Get Out was a really quote unquote smart horror film. Yes. I'll give it that. It was a smart (laughs) horror film. Stuff that's unexpected, even like Barbarian. I really liked that one Uh too. And I just feel like there's a huge gap in quality as well and not necessarily just i guess ones that play on emotion too yeah last year people were talking about how 2022 was a great year for horror there's some recent horror films that you like but overall you've said that this time period it's not so good so what did you think about last year i mean you mentioned smile i know pearl was another x i think it was hereditary last year No, I think it was a little earlier. Okay. I did enjoy X and Pearl. For Pearl, I definitely enjoyed Mia Goth the most. She has like an eight minute monologue with like no cuts. It's just on her face, I think. Or maybe just like a couple cuts of reaction shots. But it was like really good acting wise. And it was scary. And X, I liked a lot of the foreshadowing in that movie. I feel like there was a lot of good effort there. And there's a bigger conversation about aging in that movie and like you kind of feel for the villain a little bit because it seems like they also just want to feel young again but i mean they do still murder people so you can't feel that bad about them but i did really like those two a lot and i feel like the acting performances from everyone were really good i did enjoy talk to me too a lot i know it has some like mixed reactions and everything but i thought the soundtrack was good i thought the performances were good I did see the twist coming a little bit, but I did still really enjoy it. But in terms of movies like Smile or even like Malignant, I'm not like a huge fan of those. I mean, Malignant seemed like it wasn't taking itself too seriously, which is admirable. Like a lot of horror films try to be serious these days and it was like campy. But Smile, it seemed like it was trying to be a smart horror movie, but it just kind of fell flat. Because it was like over explaining a lot. It's about trauma, but it tells you so much that it's about trauma that you're like, okay, like I know. Gotta follow the rules, show, don't tell. (laughs) And then, oh my goodness, there was like no chemistry between some of the actors. 
And I was just like, okay, I don't believe you are a couple. Like, I don't believe you've ever talked before this. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then I'm really iffy on what the takeaway message was because she's trying to overcome her trauma. And the monster is like an amalgamation of her trauma, it seems. And there's sort of a fake out ending where it's like, oh, she overcame it. And now she just has to go through it and process it. And then it's like, oh, actually, no, she didn't. Her trauma overtook her. And that's the end. And it's like, what do we take away from this? That you can never overcome your trauma and it's just going to eat you alive? I don't know. Maybe I'm going in a little too much. (laughs) No, that's fine. I just have no idea. I will not watch these films. So (laughs) what made you interested in horror films? Was there like a first horror film that you saw that affected you? I think it was actually my sisters. They would watch a lot of horror films. And so I would watch a lot of horror films with them. And then they kind of stopped and I continued. And I think it's more of like the feeling that is enjoyable, but not really, but kind of. Like, it's exciting. It is exciting. I've kind of compared that feeling to like a pyramid hierarchy because you have action at the bottom. It gives you some kind of thrill. And then you have a thriller, which is increased a little bit more. It's more forefront. And then horror that really gets to you. Yes. So I don't know what to call this. I've just called it like this pyramid triad of genres and that heart-pounding level of suspense feeling. Because there are some people that say some thrillers are horror films. Some people say Shutter Island is a horror film. I personally don't think so. I love that film. Same with The Silence of the Lambs. Some people don't think that's a horror film. It's interesting how people differentiate horror films. I feel like ultimately it comes to taste too, but hmm. Like, nope, I said, I don't necessarily think that's a horror film. But, I mean, it's kind of suspenseful and it's you know, can be scary, so it could be to someone else. I just, like, some of the horror elements just aren't there. I don't know, it's interesting. That's an interesting conversation to have. What makes a horror film a horror film? I know there are a lot of, like, revenge movies where, like, a woman gets assaulted and then takes revenge on the people that assaulted her, like, I spit on your grave. That's a really big one. One that I don't like. You're kind of describing Kill Bill, though. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, the style is completely different. I don't know if I would even consider that a horror film to me. And I think how I categorize films into horror, into thriller, and stuff is, like, the villain, kind of. I don't know, the feeling it gives you too, which I know is so, so personal, but movies are personal. So I, you know. Absolutely. Has there been a horror film that you will not watch again? Terrified you too much? Mm, Green Inferno. Green Inferno. Is that a newer one? No, it's pretty old. I mean, not old, old, but it's sort of like 2010s. So not old, but like. Not too old. Yeah. Like older 2010s. But it's just so graphic. There's just so much gore. I'm not a huge gore fan. I don't like gory films. Mm. No, I can't. I can't do them. I mean, I can watch them for one initial watch and then I'm done. I was sort of like forced to watch that movie. I watched it with a friend and she would make me keep my eyes open for all the scenes and she would close her eyes so that I could explain what was happening to her. What? So she just sat there with her eyes closed while you describe her the film? Some for, like, the more graphic parts. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. It was just so much. And it's one of those films that are just for shock factor. And, like, Talk to Me has a lot of gore, too. Well, not, like, a lot, a lot, but it does have gore 
And there's one specific scene that I'm talking about where, like, I don't know if you want me to explain what's happening, but it's the part where the little boy is sort of possessed and he's, like, mutilating himself. That part was pretty graphic. A lot of parts with him, actually, are, like, pretty... Because he's, like, possessed for, like, a majority of the film. Seeing you react to that, I can tell you're flinching. You're like, oh, I can't even think about it. I just don't like eye stuff. Oh, yeah. Draw the line at that. And both of those have gory eye stuff. Especially Green Inferno. I will never watch it again. (laughs) I won't. Because it's not even, like, good. It's just gory. It's just graphic. I had to watch The Texas Chainsaw Massacre for the 70s class. You've seen it, I assume. I have a long time ago, though. I know it's just like a lot of gore. Too much. There were people complaining that there was not enough gore in the film, which is a major red flag. I mean, over time, less centers, you're free to do more in films compared to like Psycho in 1960. You're given more freedom with what you can do. Are you finding that there's an increase of gore in horror films today? Is that something that draws people in? Or are you finding that more people kind of get away from that. They don't want that. So I do think there is an increase. And I do think what is also increasing is the realistic gore. I don't know if you've ever seen Friday the 13th. Nope. But it's kind of funny. There seems to be a theme here. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's not funny that people are getting stabbed and everything, but it's not super realistic visually. Like the practical effects aren't how they are today. So if you've watched horror films today and then go to that one, it won't get to you too much because you're like, okay, this is fake. But now with CGI and like the development on practical effects, it can be so realistic. It's impressive, but it's scary. Um, I'm sorry, I forgot the end question. (laughs) If gore is something that people are gravitating to in horror, because when we watched the Texas Chainsaw Massacre for this American 70s cinema class, there were complaints that it wasn't gory enough, the sequels are better because there's more gore. So as someone who's outside of the horror film circle, is that something that people gravitate towards? Or people like, I would prefer more psychological horror or other types of horror? I think that gore can be very edgy and so it can appeal to an edgier audience also it's really impressive the practical effects that's how i used to get through watching a lot of horror films i would think like oh how are they doing that what exactly are they using to make it look this way but i also feel like the appeal is it makes you scared and it's kind of fun to like watch scary movies with friends because you're all scared you're all feeling scared and i feel like gore is a very easy way to scare your audience. And I feel like it sort of draws people in in that sense. I mean, it kind of pushes me out a little bit because I just don't have the stomach for it, but I feel like it can have an appeal because it is scarier. We've talked about how horror can affect you and a regular audience for jump scares and gore, but with the number of horror films that you've seen, Do you get desensitized at a point where you're like, okay, it takes a lot to scare me now after all that I've seen? I feel like you can, definitely. I feel like I was there at one point, maybe not now, but like when I was in the thick of it, I was sort of desensitized because watching Green Inferno, it was so, I don't know, the eye stuff specifically is just not something I bode well with. 
everything else is all right. But after watching that, I was sort of like, okay, everything else is fine now because I've seen this and I don't ever want to see this again. But now I can just watch anything because, you know, I've seen that. We may have answered this question, but what makes a good horror film versus what makes a bad horror film? I know it's about taste, definitely, but to me, in my personal taste, so no one gets mad at me. (laughs) (laughs) We're Um, not going to cancel you today. (laughs) Oh, gosh, please. Cole wants to be canceled, so we're going in on that, but we won't cancel Lena. But I actually have an Instagram, so I actually could be careful. (laughs) I feel like effort a lot of the time and intention and kind of the plot, too. If it has like a cohesive plot, sometimes horror films don't have like a huge plot and it's like gore and gore and more. (laughs) Fun. (laughs) But films that do have intention and plot are something that I really, really enjoy. Even if it is left sort of open-ended or dreary and not like a happy ending, which a lot of films, like horror films, don't. Especially the older ones. They sort of like tease you. I feel like their intention is to make a sequel and it just doesn't happen. They tease you with the killer coming back. But I feel like if they know what they're trying to do, sort of, rather than just trying to scare you just to scare you, if that makes sense. I don't know if that that does, but... (laughs) So I noticed on Letterboxd you gave The Shining a 3.5, which equates to a 7 out of 10 on IMDb. I have given this a 9 out of 10. Really? So I'm curious why so low. (laughs) I honestly haven't watched it in a while. Okay. Um, I just think it didn't scare me that much. That's why I think people told me to watch it because it's more psychological. You won't be as terrified. But it still gets to me. Yeah. Even when I watch it in the morning, it'll get to me. And it's funny because you were saying that you need a palate cleanser if you watch a horror film at night. If I watch a horror film in the morning, It'll come back and make its way at night. It happens every time. And I do it because I love The Shining. I think it's an excellent film. Jack Nicholson is a legend. He gives one of his best performances as Jack Torrance. There's so much depth to that film and layers with analysis that I have not fully figured out. There's a whole aspect to the film that I have not even touched yet because I have to watch it again. It's regarded highly as one of the best horror films I mean, up there is like The Exorcist, The Omen, Psycho, Halloween is up there. But I was a little surprised. 3.5, The Shining. Maybe I just need to watch it again. Maybe that's because from what you said, it kind of sounds like something you have to watch again. And I haven't watched it since probably middle to early high school. Like it's been a while. So when I did that, it wasn't even necessarily right after I watched it. It was just with the memory of watching it. Right. So. I do think I need to revisit it and revise. I'd be curious what you think of it now because... (laughs) What if it goes lower? (laughs) Whatever review you give, I'm going to write a comment. And you've seen how I am on Letterboxd. I write full analysis to things. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) I do notice when people revisit films and then go to Letterboxd right after. This happened with Craig for The Dark Knight. It was slightly lower after. That has never come up in front of me. We just watched it, and it is really good, but I think he gave it five stars with the memory that he had of it as a child, and then he watched it again, and I think he gave it, like, around four. (laughs) Well, that's a conversation that will be coming up right next, because how do you rank it lower? Craig, if you're listening, 
We need to talk about how you downgraded The Dark Knight. One of the best superhero films ever. So that's coming up. Um, Ari Aster, as we mentioned, one of the big names today. You've seen Midsummer. I think you said you've seen the Joaquin movie, Bo is Afraid. Oh, I haven't watched that yet. Oh, I've heard a lot, a lot of things about it. I've watched some of his short films, and I've watched Hereditary. But Bo is Afraid, I just haven't gotten to it yet because I've gotten... A lot of, well, not necessarily negative feedback about it. Just like, it's so confusing and so long that people didn't like it. Oh, I thought, well, I guess it got pretty good reviews, but I feel like there was one scene that people kept bringing up on Twitter and it sounded terrifying. I mean, three-hour horror films, horror films tend to be shorter, but there seems to be an increase of them, maybe. I mean, The Shining is around two and a half hours. Have you watched a lot of long horror films and feel like they've gone on too long? This is unnecessary. I want this to be over by now. <laughs> I feel like there aren't a lot of long horror films in general, and I feel like there's a reason for that. And I feel like it's because you don't want to give your audience the time to rest and recover. You know what I mean? You want to keep that heightened awareness to what's going on. Yeah, I feel like it's intentional a little bit. I don't know if I've seen a lot of long horror films. I don't really look at the length of movies when I watch them, unless it's like very obviously long. Like mm -hmm. if it's three hours, do I have time for this? Yeah. But anything under three hours, I will probably start it. It's not something that I am fully conscious of when I watch a movie. Yeah. Bo is Afraid must be quite the ride. If it's three hours, I've heard it is. People say they're like exhausted after really? watching it. Yeah. Too brutal for me. <laughs> Well, if I watch it, I will yes. immediately give you my feedback on it, but it seems like it's going to be a lot. Are you interested in any of the classic horror films? I mentioned before The Exorcist, The Omen, Psycho. I feel like I've watched them, but I sort of like watch them because they're classics. But I do feel like because of the, well, for some, not all of them, obviously, especially like more slasher films because of the lack of resources and everything. They're not as scary to me. Like Friday the 13th, just movies like that where like the practical effects weren't up to par with like today's practical effects. I do think the original Carrie's probably one of the best. I know there was one with, um, gosh, what's her name? I'm forgetting her name. The person who played Carrie? Yes. Sissy Spacek? No, the newer one. There's a oh. newer one. She was like a child actress. Chloe. Chloe Grace Moretz? I think so. I feel like she was in a film called Carrie or something. That one like was that. not great. It wasn't memorable either. Mm -hmm. What did you think of Psycho? I haven't watched it like fully through, though. It's been a long time. I think it's one of those where, I mean, it's, it's scary, but it's still not as scary for me. Yeah. Okay. I'm thinking about doing like a little rapid fire. I list a name of a film. And you tell me if you've seen it or not and what you thought of it. Okay. Some of these I've mentioned already. Poltergeist. Seen it a long time ago. It scared me, actually. There was like a puddle scene that really scared me. I don't really remember why. I think it was like having to do with like melting of some sort. <sighs> but it, it scared me. The Thing. Oh, very good at portraying paranoia. Yeah, Interesting, I okay. I saw a scene from that in like a ranked horror special of scariest horror film moments. Oh, it was brutal. Yeah. So disturbing. Misery. No, I don't. That one, I've heard quite intense. Oh, okay. 
Night of the Living Dead. Ooh, a long time ago. It's like one of the first zombie movies, isn't it? If not the first. It's from, I think, maybe 1961. I, of course, haven't seen it. I saw a clip of it on Instagram a while ago, and it looked terrifying. <laughs> I thought the ending was kind of cool, how he dies in the end. I just completely spoiled it. That's but okay. They assume the worst and, like, shoot him from afar. Yeah. The Evil Dead. Oh, goodness. I didn't get it all the way through it. There's, like, a callback to The Evil Dead in The Cabin in the Woods. I think I watched it with friends. I just don't think I really remember it. But I think it's pretty gory. Oh, wait. Okay. The New Evil Dead? I didn't put the year on this one. I should have. I don't know. Because I did watch <laughs> The New Evil Dead. That one was incredibly gory. Oh, jeez. Yeah. It was kind of scary just to be scary. The practical effects were visually cool, but it didn't stand out to me. I mean, it wasn't bad. I'm not, like, hating on it, but it was gory to be gory and scary to be scary. The Bride of Frankenstein. That's an old one. Haven't seen it. Alien. Oh my gosh. A really long time. All of these are, like, ones that I've seen a long time ago. These are, like, classics. Yeah. I also kind of confuse movie titles if I haven't seen them in a while. It's funny, I confuse like Alien and Predator. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, there's Alien versus Predator, <laughs> Predator, whatever. There's so many of them. The Fly. I saw that once in elementary school. It was kind of gross. In elementary school? Yeah. Why? It was just on. Okay. And I had older sisters. My sisters are like seven and six years older than me. So like, oh. yeah. But it was like slimy, if I recall correctly. Nosferatu. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Old one. A Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, see the older one I watched in elementary school. Oh my gosh. Because wow. With my sisters. No wonder you can handle horror. You started at such a young age. <laughs> <laughs> the newer one where he's a predator, basically. Is that the one with Rooney Mara? I don't know. I think that's from like 2010. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah she's in it. I don't know who you're thinking of. Oh, I Rooney Mara? I don't um, remember. She was the girl with the dragon tattoo. Okay. She was in her. Oh. Yeah, I know who you're talking about now that you said her. But um, that was definitely like a 2010s horror movie, I think. Mm -hmm. Like it was, it is what it is. The Exorcist. I haven't fully seen that one. I've seen a lot of parts from it. It's disturbing, I think. Especially to see such like a young person say such vile things. Rosemary's Baby. I still haven't gotten to it yet, but I know it is a film that Ari Aster enjoyed, and I've heard there was some elements of Rosemary's Baby in Hereditary. So it's one of the movies on my watch list now. The Silence of the Lambs. Oh my goodness. Ugh. Yeah. I like this one, even though really? Buffalo Bill I have a hard time watching, but I respect Anthony Hopkins. That one shocked me in a way that took a turn with the elevator. You're expecting him to be up there. But he's actually on the gurney and he's in the ambulance and that shot where he gets up and the guy's on the phone in the ambulance and he just takes this thing off of his face. Maybe it's another face. I don't know. And you see this one shot of him staring at this guy. The guy on the phone has no idea. Cut to in the hospital on the other line. The phone is hanging down. The guy is running away. That moment was, oh my gosh. Yeah. Great, great film. Tough to watch, but. Would yeah. you watch it again if you could? I've seen it twice. I'd watch it again in the morning. Okay. <laughs> what do you think of that one? Once again, I haven't seen it in a very long time. I don't know. Cannibalism is really disturbing to me. Green Inferno is also about cannibalism. It's not necessarily something that I enjoy, but I feel like that is also kind of psychological in a way. So I think I liked it, but I can't have too much of cannibalism. Halloween. I actually haven't watched this one. The Lighthouse. 
Okay, this one I have not watched. I've seen it. I haven't watched it because of the mixed reviews. It has mixed reviews? From people I know, I guess. Okay. Some people say it's boring. Some people really like it. And I actually didn't know really much about it. I don't even know like the scary elements of it. Have you seen Burnt Offerings? It's so similar to The Shining that it's weird because it came out before The Shining. Oh. And there's so many parallels. It's crazy. I had the volume turned down for most of it, but I will never forget the big scare image. It's ingrained in my mind, unfortunately, mm. and I can't seem to get it out. Oh, no. American Psycho? I have definitely seen that one. Yes. I like it. I like the end where it's kind of like unreliable narrator question mark. I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. And then they did the sequel with Mila Kunis and it completely took away from the ending, like the impact of the ending from oh. American Psycho because it's like, actually, no, he did do all that stuff and then Mila Kunis killed him. Okay. But Christian yeah. Bale's not even in that. No. Right? Oh, that's no. weird. <laughs> yeah. And I heard that it wasn't even supposed to be a sequel. And then last minute, they made it a sequel. Is there any horror film that I've missed that you really enjoy that you would like to mention? I guess there's this movie called Hush that I really enjoyed at the time when I first watched it. The main character is deaf. And throughout the movie, it's in her perspective. So you can't hear a lot of the things. And I think that's very cool. I think that's a very cool thing to do. And I'm going to talk about Ari Aster again. <laughs> like his earlier short films, family trauma is very present. There's this one called Me to Talk About the Johnsons. And it is about abuse in a family, but in a way that you wouldn't expect from a child to a parent. It was really good. But the guilt a bystander feels about doing nothing, but also how they are kind of in a way, almost responsible because they did nothing too. And then there's another one, which I, I've forgotten what it's called, but it's about a child that is going to go off to college. And then the mother's complicated feelings about that. And she like makes her son sick intentionally to like keep him from going, but takes it too far and kills him. But then I think in the end, it's actually just her debating on doing that rather than actually doing it. But yeah, it seems that he's very much been interested in family dynamics for a very long time. Any upcoming horror films that you're excited to be released? Any that you're looking forward to? Five Nights at Freddy. Five Nights at Oh, I thought that was out. Okay. I'm excited for that. I don't have high expectations, like, at all. <laughs> I actually have incredibly low expectations for it, but I think it's going to be fun. So I'm excited for that. Thank you so much for joining me today. This is a topic that you were very excited about. You requested <laughs> yes. it. Is there anything you would like to end with? A saying, film recommendation, a plug? Anything you would like to end our episode with today? Um, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, everyone. I'm in my Halloween shirt, pumpkin shirt. Lena's wearing her spider socks. <laughs> and enjoy Halloween. Watch a good horror film. Or if you don't like horror like me, check out Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> All right. Thank you again for joining. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. Until next time. Bye. Special thanks to Lena Smith, Craig Pedroza, and Caitlin Fitzpatrick. This episode was recorded on October 11th, 2023.